Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard wet and windy with a window for wintry. That is the weather reality many of us are looking at as the busy Thanksgiving travel crush continues. Meteorologist Mike Sika. Yeah, mess that's heading our way today. A lot of rain. This is going to be widespread. Everybody gets a dose out of this. There's a few heavier downpours. There might be a little bit of minor icing in some of those areas. So there could be a few tricky spots out there today. Today's show meteorologist Al Roker. On the roads, it's going to be wet from Albany down to Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Rainfall amounts could be a problem. Upwards of two inches or more. Icy conditions. Look at this. The Appalachians all the way into central Pennsylvania, upstate New York. And that could be very dangerous. A high wind warning in effect till late tonight in western New York. Winds there could gust to 60 miles per hour. Reporter Maggie Vespa. As far as the weather's impact on travel, it so far appears to be minimal, which is good news. SlideAware showing just a few hundred delays nationwide and fewer than 100 cancellations. That said, those numbers could easily go up throughout the day as those severe storms that have been wreaking havoc down south start moving east. Today, tomorrow, and Sunday are the peak travel windows for the holiday. So, how are things looking at the airport right now? So far, so good. Everything is on time. Oh, we're going to Hawaii, so uh, we have no concerns at all. Everything's been very smooth. Air travel for the holiday is the highest it's been since 2005. Gas prices are the lowest they've been since before the pandemic. As millions of us get ready to gather for the holidays, health officials are urging caution. That's because flu infections and RSV cases are on the rise. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. As we get into the holidays, we need to protect each other. And yes, too few people have gotten the vaccine so far. And I know folks are over COVID mm-hmm. and they want to leave it in the rearview mirror, but it's here with us. Just 15% of U.S. adults have gotten the updated version of the COVID shot. The U.S. and Qatar are closing in on a deal to win the release of hostages taken by Hamas on October 7th. Trey Yinkst has the latest from Israel. The anticipation is growing here on the ground with Israeli families waiting for any information about who exactly would be released and just hoping that their loved ones will make it safely back into Israel. Any release of the hostages would likely happen over the course of several hours and the Red Cross would likely play the role of referee. Correspondent Keir Simmons. An announcement of a deal may be imminent. Qatar, which would likely make the announcement and has mediated those hostage talks, saying, quote, we do not have a final agreement on a truce yet, but negotiations have reached a critical and final stage. The Israeli War Cabinet is meeting right now to discuss terms of the truce. The BBC's Nick Beek continues our coverage. The agreement now being discussed would include the release of Israeli women and children, as well as Palestinian women and children in Israeli detention. More aid would also be allowed into Gaza. Some families of the kidnapped expressed anger after meeting the Israeli war cabinet in Tel Aviv last night, arguing retrieving their loved ones should be prioritized over the mission to destroy Hamas. For every one Israeli hostage let go, the Palestinians would get three prisoners back. Of the more than 200 civilians kidnapped by Hamas, four have been released, one has been rescued, and two were murdered by the terror group. What a scene in Hawaii. Amazingly, no one heard 
hurt after a huge U.S. Navy warplane with nine souls aboard overshot the runway at a marine base and fell into the ocean. Visibility at the time was less than a mile. Abortion is a key issue ahead of the 2024 presidential election, and White House hopeful Nikki Haley says Republicans need to humanize this issue if they're going to win next year. Our focus needs to be how do we save as many babies as we can and support as many moms as we can. But we don't do it by demonizing the issue. We do it by humanizing the issue. Haley says she is unabashedly pro-life, but Republicans need to do a better job of messaging the abortion issue. A new poll shows if the 2024 presidential election were today, then the current president would lose to the former one. Donald Trump has a 48 to 41 percent lead over Joe Biden, according to this latest Harvard Harris survey. Democratic pollster Doug Schoen says he would not be surprised if the following happens. Joe Biden, in the face of more discouraging polls, meets with his family over the holidays and uh, decides not to run. And Plan B, incredible as it may seem, is probably Kamala Harris. She's more unpopular than he is, I know. But this is the Democratic Party of 2024. That is Democratic pollster Doug Schoen last night on the Ingram angle. Belly fat could be linked to Alzheimer's disease. New study out today finds middle-aged men with higher amounts of belly fat have a higher risk of plaque developing in their brain. This protein buildup is what causes dementia. The brothers Kelsey faced off last night at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Hurts takes it right up the gut. Touchdown Eagles. Older brother Jason had the upper hand this time on younger brother Travis on ESPN in a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. We'll have more on the much-anticipated game coming up in sports. Also ahead on today's noon report, Buffalo Pastor passes it on. Pay raise for Pennsylvania politicians and gas station gives back this Thanksgiving. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. Travelers will find some inclement weather across our region this afternoon. Rain, wind, and for some, a little wintry mix. Forecast details are up in 10. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. A little more on that. There is a winter weather advisory in effect north of the New York State Thruway. Spectrum News meteorologist Ryan Finn. Wet snow, maybe some freezing rain could make for some slippery travel for areas in the north country. A little slippery, a little sloppy Tuesday evening, stretching into Wednesday morning. There's also a high wind warning for Chautauqua and Erie counties in western New York until 11 o'clock tonight. Winds there could gust to 60 miles per hour. This is for places like Jamestown, Orchard Park, and Springville. The strongest winds will be along the Lake Erie shoreline. Scattered power outages are possible. The police chief of Macedon, New York, in Wayne County has been cited for drunk driving. Authorities say Fabian Rivera crashed his patrol car in the town of Woolworth just across the street from the Ananda Elementary School. Less than a year ago, the chief was suspected in another DWI case after a drunken brawl at a bar there in Macedon. It's the end of an era in Buffalo. Pastor Eric Johns with the Buffalo Dream Center calling it quits after 
over a quarter century of living on the streets during the week of Thanksgiving. It's a lot harder for me than it used to be 25 years ago, just walking. We walk about 10, 12 miles a day. We're sleeping under a bridge on the concrete. In 1999, a much younger Pastor Johns began his labor of love for the homeless and his Boxes of Love campaign, which provides meals for the poor at Christmas time and toys for their children. You no, know, I know a lot of uh, guys that run organizations and ministries like me that when they're finished, the organization's finished. But this story is not finished. It's just taking off in a new direction. He's kind of been building up to ending and handing it over to us, so it wasn't that surprising. Pastor John's son, Nathaniel, and his 20-year-old brother will inherit the torch from their father and carry on his Thanksgiving week tradition. A lot of people think that we're doing it because we have to. You know, it's, oh, your dad did it, so now it's your turn. Like, it's kind of been told it's your next job, but really, we caught my dad's vision. This year, Boxes of Love will help feed 3,500 people and provide wrapped Christmas presents to about 5,000 needy children. A Pennsylvania gas station is doing its part to ease the cost of Thanksgiving travel. Family Life's Brian Query. A regional convenience store is dropping its gas prices during one of the busiest travel weeks of the year. Sheets announced Monday that it's dropping the price of unleaded 88 gasoline to $1.99 a gallon for Thanksgiving week at all locations that carry the 88-grade gasoline. The limited-time deal started Monday and continues for an entire week, ending next Monday. Customers can check if their local Sheets sells this particular grade through the Sheets mobile app or website. Brian Query, Family Life News. Central New York Congressman Brandon Williams faces a tough re-election battle next year. He's among a handful of Republicans on the Democrats' hit list for 2024. The challenge in 2024 is you get a very different turnout because it's a presidential year. So Joe Biden won my district by seven and a half points, and our polling shows that he's lost very significant ground just in my district. And I would imagine that that's statewide. Williams thinks the migrant crisis will be a key concern of New York voters next fall. 75% of Democrats in the Empire State admit it's a serious problem. Mayor Adams tried to export his problem upstate into central New York or CNY. And my statement was don't NYC or CNY. More than 130,000 illegal immigrants have flocked to New York since last year. Amherst, New York residents will soon be socked with a double digit increase in their property taxes. These Amherst residents say that's not fair. I understand that we live in a relatively affluent area, but almost 10% of our town residents live below the poverty level. It looks like they're pricing seniors and even young folks out of the town of Amherst. Families have had to make sacrifices and adjustments financially. Shouldn't our town government have to do the same? We were going to start looking at houses together. Well, now that's kind of off the table. Amherst officials say they need the more than 11% tax levy to pay for a new $33 million LED streetlight conversion project. Pennsylvania politicians have given themselves an early Christmas 
House present. They've just voted to enact a pay raise that'll boost their salary to 106000 a year. That's third highest in the country behind only California and New York. The 3.5% pay hike takes effect December 1st. The top Democrat on Capitol Hill wants to eliminate fees for families so they can sit together on airplanes. As U.S. airlines get ready for what the TSA expects to be the busiest holiday travel season ever, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says they need to make it easier for parents to sit near their children. At the Buffalo-Niagara International Airport Monday, Schumer unveiled the Families Fly Together Act. The federal legislation would ensure children 13 and under would be able to sit next to a family member with no additional fee. Four of the 10 major airlines voluntarily agreed to change their policies before the bill was written. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you, Sarah. The accidental discharge of a gun leaning against a truck this week sent a 41-year-old Pine City, New York man to the hospital with a bullet wound to the arm. The man was hunting in big flats when the gun went off. That rifle fell over and fired, striking the hunter just below the elbow. He was airlifted to the hospital for emergency surgery. There have been more than 300 school shootings nationwide this year, and debate continues over how best to protect students in the classroom. Ed Ashley is a school resource officer in upstate New York. If you advertise places as gun-free zones, then they open themselves up to becoming more targets. He thinks arming teachers would improve school safety. I wouldn't ever say that it would be something that someone should have to do or be required to do unless they're willing to take that responsibility. But fellow SRO Aaron Moore is not sure giving guns to teachers is the right move. There's a lot of training and responsibility to carrying a firearm. The teachers are their responsibility is to help the, the students learn. He thinks the best course of action is to ensure a school resource officer is in every school. Melinda Person is president of the New York State United Teachers. We ask our members, what is it that we should be doing? And it, it's not more guns in schools. What our members are saying is that we need more investment in prevention programs, in mental health services, in our schools, social workers. We need more staff to take care of the kids and assess risks so that we can make sure that we keep everyone in our school safe. A recent RAND survey shows 54% of teachers think arming educators would make schools less safe. A 168-year-old church has been turned into a sports complex in Elmira, New York. The old Trinity Episcopal Church will feature batting cages for baseball, a cornhole league, basketball courts, a wiffle ball stadium, golf simulator, and space for football training. Oh, I forgot to mention... There's also an area for lacrosse practice. All of it possible due to renovations being made on that building at the corner of North Main and Church Streets in Elmira, New York. You're listening to the Noon Report, a Tuesday edition on Family Life. Let's check sports next. The Philadelphia Eagles stormed back from a 10-point halftime deficit to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs last night. 21-17, your final at Arrowhead Stadium. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni says it was not a revenge game after that Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs 10 months ago. We weren't thinking, hey, we're coming up here to avenge a loss. I mean, it's different magnitude of game, right? That was for everything. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes says most of their problems this season have been in the second half of games. I mean, all season long, we haven't played great football in the second half, so we have to continue to work. Obviously, we had a pretty 
good first half running the football, but uh, you got to find a way to finish games offensively. The Eagles have won four straight. They sit atop the NFC at 9-1. The Chiefs have lost two of their last three, but remain atop the AFC West. The NFL suspended Denver Broncos safety Kareem Jackson again for violating the league's player safety rules. He'll sit out the next four games after he lowered his helmet and hit Minnesota Vikings quarterback Joshua Dobbs on Sunday night. The 35-year-old Jackson plans to appeal. The New York Jets are making a change under center. Head coach Robert Salas confirmed Gang Green will be starting veteran Tim Boyle, a quarterback, instead of Zach Wilson when the Jets take on the Miami Dolphins on Friday. Several generational stars are making an appearance on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot for the first time this year. They include Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Chase Utley, all making their ballot debuts along with David Wright and Bartolo Colon. College basketball action last night. The eighth-ranked team in the country, Tennessee, no problem beating up on Syracuse 73-56. NBA action saw the Knicks lose to the T-Wolves, while the Celtics fall in overtime to Charlotte. On the ice, Boston lost as well in overtime. The Bruins go down to Tampa. Dallas skates by the Rangers 6-3. At the Family Life Sports Desk, I'm Bob Price. And still to come on the Noon Report, update on the hostages, spotlighting Catholic charities, and efforts to bring back the woolly mammoth. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. According to modern retellings, the American story is one long tale of violence and oppression, with founders who should be universally condemned as hypocrites, thieves, racists. Of course, our nation's history is, like all nations, about sinful and flawed people. However, in our modern attempts to deconstruct the past, it's easy to miss just how remarkable the American experiment was. In a Breakpoint commentary many years ago, Chuck Colson described one especially significant part of our nation's history, the Mayflower Compact. Here's Chuck Colson. In just a few weeks, Americans will celebrate Thanksgiving, a holiday that people of all faiths observe. But between stuffing the turkey and watching football, we ought to make sure our children and grandchildren understand the Christian roots of this holiday. On September 6, 1620, the Mayflower set sail from England. Ten perilous weeks later, the pilgrims arrived on the northern tip of Cape Cod. This was about 60 miles north of their intended destination at the mouth of the Hudson River. Should they sail south or stay put? After much discussion and prayer, they decided to stay. But when the passengers learned of this, dissension broke out. The pilgrims had a charter with a company that was effective only at the original landing site. The bonded servants on board who were not pilgrims argued that the decision to stay changed the terms of their work agreement. The pilgrims were afraid these men would declare their independence and deplete the labor supply. Something had to be done to restore unity. As the Mayflower's captain worked his way around the Cape, searching for a place to drop anchor, an intense debate ensued. By nightfall, the leaders had drafted an agreement called the Mayflower Compact. Among its key clauses were these words, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith a voyage to plant the first colony, we solemnly, in the presence of God and of one another, covenant ourselves together in a civil body politic. 
The compact was a hedge against revolt, but it meant much more. The pilgrims took it seriously. Their Bible told them just how significant covenants were. In the Old Testament, God created covenants between himself and his people, the Israelites. In the New Testament, God covenants with all who choose to follow him through the life, sacrificial death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The pilgrims journeyed to this new land to proclaim by their lives this message of redemption, the new covenant, and the light of Christ. This covenant that God established with his people became their model for the Mayflower Compact as well as for the peace treaty they established with Massasoit and his people. They knew a God who keeps his word, and therefore they were faithful to keep their word, their promises to one another, and to others. The Mayflower Compact became one of the most important documents in American history, and yet its religious language may make some teachers reluctant to teach it. But that same language reveals the lengths to which the pilgrims were willing to go to follow the Lord. Ten years later, 40 miles to the north, John Winthrop would expound on the idea of covenant in his famous sermon, A Model of Christian Charity. Quote, For we must consider that we shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us, so that if we should deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken, and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword through the world. End quote. That phrase, city on a hill, is among the least understood in American history. Winthrop was not encouraging arrogance or claiming invincibility with this idea. Instead, he was issuing a warning, whether in Winthrop's speech to the Massachusetts Bay Colonist or the Plymouth Colony's Mayflower Compact, these men and women saw what they were doing through the deeply Christian lens of covenant. This Thanksgiving, it's appropriate for us to thank God for this incredible heritage, to remember the warnings of our nation's forebears, and to pray for renewal in the church and in our nation. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Thank you, John. Outside we go next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Cloudy with rain mixed with freezing rain, sleet, and snow for some. And quite windy near Lake Erie. Temperatures rising slowly in the 30s to low 40s. Tonight that rain will diminish to some showers. The winds will subside some as well. Temperatures, if anything, rise a bit overnight. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy chance of a shower. High temps, mid-40s to mid-50s. Thanksgiving Day clouds, some sun, and high temperatures in the 40s. All right, Kevin, thank you. Stormy weather, our top story Tuesday, the 21st of November in Clement. Conditions could interfere with Turkey Day travel plans. Stephanie Abrams at the Weather Channel. Storms have pushed into the southeast. Could see gusts up to 60 miles an hour. This will be an all-day event lasting into tomorrow. The airports could be slow. Roads could be slippery from the south to the Midwest into the Northeast. And that's where the northern part of the storm will bring rain, snow, ice, winds 50 to 60 miles an hour from the Appalachians to New England. And this is going to linger through the day tomorrow. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says if you're headed to the airport today. We are seeing some weather systems that could play a role and affect flights. So it's going to be especially important to build a little bit of cushion into your plans. Correspondent Chris Van Cleve has more from Newark's Liberty Airport. The surge in holiday flights is prompting the FAA to open airspace along the East Coast, usually reserved for the military. It definitely is our Super Bowl. Mike Hanna oversees United Airlines' Newark operation. We planned quite a bit to look forward to the future and ensure that we're ready for this period of time, this Thanksgiving holiday. Air traffic for the holiday, the highest it's been in 18 years. Gas prices are the lowest they've been in three years. 
behind the scenes negotiations continue to try and win the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. It does appear the final details are being discussed toward a ceasefire that would end fighting in Gaza for up to five days and include the release of some hostages. The hostages are expected to be only women and children and would be exchanged for prisoners being held in Israel. Correspondent Trey Yanks. Most Americans hope not to talk politics at the Thanksgiving dinner table this year. A new Quinnipiac poll shows over 60% of us would rather avoid the topic. A press release from Quinnipiac's polling center suggests, and I'm quoting, a healthy dose of zip it will be on the menu this year. Well, the holidays can be especially hard for those who are experiencing grief. Christian counselor Jessica Mead offers help if you have the Christmas blues. For people in particular who are experiencing loss and grief for maybe the first time at the holidays, I think there's a few things. One, I think giving yourself permission to do things differently or to not do things at all. That's okay because it is different. Maybe talking to somebody else who's experiencing the loss to say, you know, what has this been like for you? Because this is what it's like for me. And I don't want to make grandma's Christmas cookie recipe this year. I, I just don't have the heart. It's too hard without her here. So maybe you don't make grandma's Christmas cookies, but maybe somebody else does. Old traditions without expectations, I think is the trick, but just recognizing the loss and maybe not trying to push through and pretending like everything is okay. The grief usually comes out whether we like it or not. And I think Christmas is the birth of our savior, but it's when hope actually came to earth. And whether we're grieving a loss or not in this world, we all need a little bit of hope. And if we can kind of push past the shopping and the lights and all those things that are still really fun and get down to what it really means, and maybe just feeling thankful. Christian counselor Jessica Mead. You're tuned into the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. This week's guest is Katie Rhodes of Catholic Charities in Chemung and Schuyler Counties, serving those communities in many ways, including special programs for Christmas. We serve Chemung and Schuyler County, so we're doing food boxes for our High Street Pantry, our Samaritan Center Pantry, and our Schuyler Outreach Pantry. Probably going to end up being about 300 folks that we'll be serving for Christmas. We're also adopting families. We provide homeless services. We have over 40 families right now. We're adopting families that are homeless or experiencing domestic violence. I've been looking at the wish list, and parents are really asking for things that the kids need more than a lot of toys. It's just it's such a different perspective. And on the topic of homelessness, you opened up a new shelter in an old gym. The Catholic Church still owns the property that it's on, so we're renting it from them. But we're using the gymnasium there to have a warming station when it's 32 or below. So that's called Code Blue for New York State. So we're housing people there and then we're turning that into a temporary dorm style shelter so folks will be able to stay there and then also get services there. The goal is to bring in case managers, other service providers so that folks can get the services that they need in one stop shop. So we're working on that with intention to hopefully buy the property and expand and have a whole campus there where we would have a permanent shelter. A lot of need out there, isn't there? There really is. We just did our turkey giveaway. We see a lot of different people that that are coming because they have never needed services before, but maybe they had a disability, got hurt on the job, got let go from their job, right? And so now they're looking for a little extra help and 
and just kind of coming tentatively saying, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's just nice for us to be able to say, this is what we have. And people were just so thankful for, you know, having that extra help. And it really is a community effort. There's people that just come see us every once in a while and will even say like, well, you know, I, I just really need it this time, but I'm trying not to come because I want other people to use it. And so sometimes we have to do a little bit of education. You know, there's enough to go around. We want you to come whenever you need it. We don't want you to struggle or not be able to feed your kids. It always works out. There's always enough. I think that's always a wonderful thing about the holidays. God always blesses it. Since I've been working here, we've never had to go without for a family. You've been around long enough to see some trends. What have yeah. you seen in that time there and where do you see things going? Probably everybody's blaming it on COVID, but COVID, I mean, that was really rough for so many people. And a lot of times we see folks that are coming to us, you know, pre-COVID, we said poverty isn't just not having any money. It's also not having any support. So for some of us, we can name five people that we could go to if we needed help. If we, you know, didn't have daycare, we have somebody that could watch our kids. If our car broke down, we call somebody who can help us out. A lot of the folks that are coming to see us don't have a support system like that. And so our case managers become that support system and getting them connected to other resources and other support. So then when COVID happened and people were so much more isolated, people without that support, it's just extra difficult for them. People were struggling with their mental health so much. We were working remotely, but working very hard. People are still struggling with those things. We've just seen an increase in the need. It's been a great need before COVID. So post-COVID, it's just been, you know, continuing. We are very thankful for our donors. They've really just allowed us to continue doing what we're doing. People are people at the end of the day, and everybody just wants to be heard so that we can just provide that listening ear. Any light at the end of the tunnel in all that trend, or do you think this is just our new reality? It doesn't feel like there is. <laughs> I'd like to say that there is. People are struggling to make ends meet. The prices are all going up. It's hard to find an apartment. Landlords were burnt so badly with COVID. Homelessness is such a, a complex issue, but being able to work with the community, the donors that really make it happen, we bring people together and do it as a community. It's not something that Catholic Charities can do on our own, and I'm just always blown away by how supportive the community is and how much our volunteers are invested. This is what they do. We have volunteers that are there every day to make sure that they can help people. And we're just glad to be able to be that catalyst to get that help to the people that need it. We do hope that things are going to turn economically. We really operate with a hand up, not just a handout. We really want people to get up to that point where they can be as self-sufficient as they can. We're just really thankful for everybody that comes alongside of that. It's just, especially at Christmas time, it is just really incredible to me how many people want to help and make sure that these families have a nice Christmas, even though they're going through a hard time. That's Katie Rhodes of Catholic Charities in Chemung and Schuyler Counties, serving those communities in many ways. Please join us again next time as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. Thank you very much, Mark. Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org. Just look for the news icon on the podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A disturbance hitting northeastbound from the Tennessee Valley promising inclement weather this afternoon and this evening. 
with rain the primary issue, but winds will be strong near Lake Erie, while there'll be a little wintry mix for a while across central New York and northeast Pennsylvania. Here are the details. For this afternoon, cloudy with rain mixed with freezing rain, sleet and snow for some, and quite windy near Lake Erie. Temperatures rising slowly in the 30s to low 40s. Tonight, that rain will diminish to some showers. The winds will subside some as well. Temperatures, if anything, rise a bit overnight. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, chance of a shower. High temps, mid-40s to mid-50s. Thanksgiving Day, clouds, some sun, and high temperatures in the 40s. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. Finally, at noon today, a Texas company has just launched an effort to bring back the woolly mammoth. Here's Mark Mayfield. Colossal Biosciences says they're using DNA from Asian elephants and the DNA recovered from woolly mammoths frozen in the Arctic to re-engineer the genome of the elephants to match the woolly mammoth. Company officials say the two species are over 99% similar. The company is also creating artificial wombs to grow the woolly mammoth calves. Woolly mammoths were plentiful in the northern hemisphere 20,000 years ago, but went extinct 4,000 years ago. Company officials say they're also looking at de-extincting the dodo bird and the Tasmanian tiger. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, Mark, thank you very much. And just like that, our time is up. That's the world we live in Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.